Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome back to this week's, the very first of 2022 episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. We are super excited to be back. As you know, in this pod, it's been a while, so I feel like I need to say it again. In this podcast, we like to take big, giant, juicy, meaty topics and break them down into tiny little bite-sized chunks all in an effort to help ourselves and hopefully some of you through the process of change. We're obsessed. I say it every week and I mean it. We are obsessed. This week, we thought since it's like the second COVID holidays, we thought we'd do a little retrospective and talk about our experiences, what we learned after this like sort of COVID holidays 2.0. What was it like? What did we take away? What might we do differently? Heaven help us if we have another year like this, etc, etc, and all the things. Rod, my friend, what would what would you like to add into the mix? Well, I first was it 2.0 COVID holidays? Doesn't it feel like four or 5.0 it does feel like that it feels like infinity point oh i feel like i'm back in calculus (laughs) and we're doing limits again yeah we've had the you know let's let's talk recap about the whole covid thing and so we you know lessons learned and let's you know hoping that'll be our last recap conversation yet i know right there's more yeah so i so i over the it, it did feel somewhat um, not comforting, but as like the routine as I was lining up outside <laughs> for hours for a booster shot, and I was then of course I I do my default where I'm like on the the Vax Hunter Twitter site, and then calling my sister and calling like, like you got here's you could go and line up too, and my sister was no way I'm not lining up. I got my appointment. I'm gonna go in and out, <laughs> get it done. <laughs> But it's the same, and then like the oh the street. No, honestly, it felt like a lather, rinse, repeat that we never thought we would have to do, or would definitely didn't want to do ever oh, yeah. again. Yeah, and then the, you know, the bizarre conversations <sighs> with the family where it's you know one kid is freaking out that the other kid is seeing a friend, but then the f- right. the f- kid who's freaking out then also is like I go see my friends. So it's the fear of that the <laughs> other person is going to bring the covid into the household not that they themselves are or or you know their need for social interaction is important but not their siblings who should yeah <laughs> stay isolated keep everybody safe. So oh sigh. That's interesting. That honestly it does give me a big sigh. It does. And I really, like, perhaps naively, Rod, I went into this holiday season thinking, I like, I had plans to play music, and I had plans to go for a nice dinner on New Year's Eve. We were going to mm. celebrate at Europe time, which meant we were going to sort of cheers each other at 7 p.m., which is perfect for me because I'm an old lady. And then, like, slowly <laughs> but surely, you start getting emails of, nope, nope, Cancel. nope, Cancel. nope, yeah. nope. And uh, and so parts of it were tough. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was interesting that you were talking about fear and sort of fear of the other. I think that is so much at the heart of this again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's it, it's the just in general, like even, you know, I myself a couple of weeks ago was like, oh, the number one thing I want to do is get a booster. And then it's. Yeah. But then. Once out of that zone of being 
worried about the booster. I wasn't thinking about it until the moment where, oh, somebody close by had COVID. So oh, I feel reassured and comforted somehow that I'd done. It's like it goes in and out and in and out where the focus. And I think yeah. it's, it's the whole, it's us experiencing the fight or flight. It's how the fear focuses us on, you know, what's going on? Am I in danger? Do I have some protection? Phew. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, I'm going to freak out some more. Uh, so, yeah. So here we are on the the uh, the little mouse wheel. <laughs> the aftermath. The little treadmi- <laughs> mouse treadmill of COVID. <laughs> and I feel like all of our, um, I don't know, like it feels like, we're operating at a higher level of fear now. Like mm-hmm. I think pre-COVID, my fear, if it's like a scale of one to 10, you live in a state of like a one of fear. Like you read some doomy stuff on the interwebs and it gives you a sense of, <gasps> but it's not like a permanent kind of thing. But I feel like we're all operating now at like a three or a four or whatever anyone's number is. Yeah. Our, our operating tolerance of fear is a little bit higher too, oh, yeah. which I think makes uh, makes for makes it harder to sleep and makes it harder to dream and makes yeah. it harder to you know have you and I were talking about informed optimism like it makes all those things a little bit harder yeah I think yeah oh yeah <sighs> it's good to talk to you about it though mm-hmm. because honestly I feel like I feel like we can we can figure this out yes we can we can can sort out how we start to feel a little bit better again and how maybe we get our operating Mm -hmm. level of fear Mm -hmm. uh at a at a more day-to-day kind of a thing so what's it you the you know happiness and staying out of the fear zone uh we talk about a lot so you you use the term informed optimism there what's tell me a little bit more about that well i you know i read it in a quote on uh from adam grant my secret boyfriend Mm. and he doesn't know he's my secret boyfriend obviously because we've never met but he doesn't follow you back on instagram is that i know it's ridiculous because my cat pictures are pretty epic uh and me with my playing cello with my friends hello what could be more interesting than that i don't No, but he posted this thing about the importance of informed optimism. So not just, and I, here's my, the, the, my interpretation of it, how it, how I internalized it is that expectations are, if we have expectations that everything is going to be like hunky dory and amazing and kind of like how I went into Christmas thinking all the plans are going to stick and whatever, when those expectations aren't met, it can make us sad or Mm -hmm. you know feeling a little bit like I was like a little bit like wah wah Mm -hmm. I had some Eeyore moments I guess is what I'm saying Rod if we go back to a last year topic I had some total Eeyore moments I was not my full Tigger self (laughs) and um and so when I read this notion about informed optimism I started thinking about it I thought okay what does this mean to me and to me it means sort of being aware of the science like what's the science telling us and and like I've started wearing two masks and I got some N95 masks Mm -hmm. and I started you know being a little bit more rigorous but then I thought when the stuff that I read 
I thought, okay, I still have to go out in the world. I can't, mm. like, if I think if I had been doom scrolling, right, like, which I think is a habit that all of us can get into at different times, I probably would have locked myself away in my, and I have a friend who's done this, sadly, like, kind of locked herself away a little bit. Mm. But I can't be that person. I can't not see some my social friends who are in my bubble and who I know are safe. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that a whole idea of informed optimism is making choices Mm-hmm. that are um, sort of right now science-based, but logic-based, whatever, you know, whatever, when we get out of this, whatever mm-hmm. that foundation of knowledge is, uh, you know, using using your brain to make informed decision to stay, decisions to stay positive, mm-hmm. to still find that inner tigger, to still find that inner optimist, mm-hmm. because it is very easy to sit, especially when we're kind of all locked away and just doom scroll all the time and, and you know, sort of be in that dark place mm-hmm. and not find things to look forward to mm-hmm. and to be. But it's that it's that dangerous balance between expectation, which can set us up with maybe false optimism mm-hmm. when it doesn't when it doesn't pan out that's my interpretation yes what do you think when you think about informed and i know that um I, adam grant is not your secret boyfriend so you <laughs> might not love him as much as i do but what's your take when you hear about informed optimism how do you internalize that like what's your uh, how do you interpret it yeah so i think it it it, it touches on this uh one of these perhaps unresolved debates or conversations between the um, the power of positive thinking, the power of like, mm. you know, the secret, the book, the secret, where it's if you just think about the positive thing that you want, you will get it. And, and yes. all the problems with that and how that leads to even greater depression and downness when you, you realize that you can't just like wish yourself a million dollars and... Um, but then the other side of the, uh, you know, person focused on, uh, like, how do you ground, or sorry, the other side of it is, it is, and we've, you know, it is so important to have uh, what mindset you bring to your life and situation. If you bring, you've said this, like, you choose to be happy. Yeah. Um, and that's a very conscious step. And that that, that does influence how you feel so there is something there about positive thinking um that really is important and matters so when i hear informed optimism i I think it's like it's this it's an attempt to reconcile between yes we actually should choose to be optimistic make that choice conscious choice but not like ignoring any kind of reality or other information or other stuff going on around us that and that's the the informed part is uh kind of grounding ourselves actually after you talked to me i w- i'd forgotten it said informed and i was googling grounded optimism which is what was the kind of meaning that i took away from it right like grounded in reality yeah 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 Something you said just stood out to me like crazy. And this is why I love talking to you because these little moments of like, bring mm. happen. Um, but maybe it's not positive thinking. Maybe it's positive choice. Ooh. Tell me more. I know. Like, what, well, I don't like, what if, 
what if what we're talking about is not that you're thinking like, oh, everything is everything's going to be perfect and I'm going to get a million dollars or whatever one's thing is of those things. Um, But it's about making choices in every moment that get that are positive choice, however we describe positive, Mm -hmm. uh, that are positive choices. So it's not about the thinking. It's about the doing. It's positive action. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what I mean? And And then you're because I one of my other things that I try to live by is that love is a verb. Mm-hmm. Love isn't words because, you know, I, I, I've certainly been in my own relationships and seen my parents' relationship where love was sort of thrown around, but the behavior was not mm-hmm. loving behavior. Mm-hmm. And so love to me is a verb. And so I wonder if positivity is sort of in the same way. It's a it's a way of behaving and a way of being in the world mm. that is not about the brain. And when it gets into the brain, it gets scrambled a bit. Oh, so but hold it's on. The choices are you saying, we make. It's like how you project. It's the important part is is what you're doing and how you're projecting. If you're projecting positivity, yeah. that helps also. Yes. Yeah, a little I, bit projecting, but also making choices in my day. Like, do I? Do I? And we've talked about this at different mm. times. But do I sit in front of Netflix for seven hours, which I did do on Christmas Day mm. for the for for reality, or do I pick up the new hobby that I've been dying to try? I bought myself some clay, and I'm desperate to like start making clay Whoa. things. I don't know what I'm going to make, but do I? You know, it's that it's the choice that is the positive yes. choice. It's it's less about what's in my brain. And more about the choice of the action I'm taking yeah. that will, or practice my cello or whatever. It's it's in those moments yeah. that we align ourselves to optimism, to positivity, to yes. happiness, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. But then also what we project, because there is all that science around if you start smiling, like the actual muscles that you use to smile will start programming yourself oh, to say, yeah. oh, I'm actually happy. Yeah. I am smiling and therefore I'm happy. You don't even have to see yourself doing it. There's yeah. just something about the muscle structure, which is fascinating. Yes. I mean, that science is fascinating. Yeah, totally. And so it's it's what we, another makes me think of is, because this came up too in the last, the holiday COVID 2.0 is, it's what we focus on it yeah. influences you know our it's like doom scrolling it's like that we're focusing on these negative things and we think we're being enlightened and like being made aware of right oh you know it's, isn't it better for us you know evolutionary we want to know what the threats are so we can protect ourselves from the threats it's you know so if you hear of a crime in your neighborhood you want to know about it because you're like yeah if that happens to me what would i do to protect myself and the, but, you know, we focus on whatever's occurring around us. And that's the the downside of that is that's what uh, the mood it puts us in. And so in a way, I recognize that what this implies is to say, is like, be a little bit ignorant to all the negative facts that are out there as a <laughs> way to stay <laughs> positive. But yeah, it's I like, do you, <clears throat> do you have to keep track of the total number of cases or the fact that, you know, testing capacity is stretched or whatever? So yeah, like be a little bit ignorant to all the details if really all it's going to do is make you hyper depressed. 
in the moment. Yeah. If it keeps that fear level at a three or four, then stop it. Yeah. My mother was actually quite incredible at this, not consciously. She did not know she did this, but she was very good at (laughs) at sort of being ignorant to like stuff in the world that when she was alive, sadly, that drove me crazy because I wanted to talk about all these big things with her and she would just have no, but she lived this happy life where she looked after her cats and she looked after outside animals and she looked after people in her building yeah. and she just lived this. Now I don't want to, I don't want to go that extreme because she lived a fairly insular life, mm-hmm. but she was really good at just blocking it out. She just didn't watch it. She's, she just wouldn't, she just wouldn't partake in it yeah. at all. Yeah. There's probably a balance to it, but I, I like, she was the most like Winnie the Pooh in those ways. Like, just kind of, where's the honeys? Where's, I think it's lunch. I have a grumbly tumbly. Like, whatever's in front of her is kind of what she dealt with in the moment. Yeah. Um, Good for her. It's so interesting. Yeah. But there's something to say. You know, I think there's another, this is, okay, we're stepping into deep philosophy marsh here. But I sometimes think as I, because I like watching historical movies and I picture people uh, hundreds of years ago who had risks coming out of their yin-yang. Like, I mean, health risks. Yes. You, get, you get a fever of something and it's like your toast. You get whatever, appendicitis, and you're like, you're done for. Um, and and I don't... Okay, so I'm watching it through like movies made in this century. So I realize the filter of history. I don't actually haven't had a conversation from some with somebody from 200 years ago, but I don't get the impression that they right. all were doom scrolling like their days i mean they um they probably did worry about stuff but they probably did rely or you know this is the role of for some people religion and believing putting your faith and trust in something outside of yourself and uh but the there's a little there's an aspect of which i think is tough for people like us today where we otherwise feel like there should be an answer for everything and we should the yes. standard is is that we should have something in place that we can guarantee protection to everybody where that and 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 when we're seeing that we can't meet that standard it's stressing us out and we're worried about every possible thing that can happen to us but you know the if the standard is well we don't want a lot of people going to the hospital and dying we're not it's not there's a difference here between we don't want anybody getting covid let's control the numbers or is it we just don't want the really bad outcomes from from it and that what that means is it's okay if you get it and but you don't have it but what we don't want is you had for you to have a bad outcome so i know that's maybe deepish but it's like we our expectation of the kind of protection and mm-hmm. uh, that we've fortunately become accustomed to in our the you know in our society with healthcare and everything, I think ties into this fear that we're getting is because we have our expectation for health safety is so high that we should be able to stop ourselves from catching something if we want to stop ourselves from catching it and we're finding that we can't yeah 
Yeah, I wonder, I, that's such an interesting point, Rod. It's almost like, because I do think we live in a time of immediacy, right? Like where we expect things to happen right now. Like even if you have a, a two second lag on a website coming up, you're like, what is going on, oh, yeah. right? Like that's enough to drive us completely crazy nowadays. Or, you know, your Instagram feed doesn't refresh or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. it is. There's There's these moments where... And I think we do want that to apply to our healthcare as well. And that's mm -hmm. just not how it works. That's not how, like, I mean, it really is somewhat of a miracle that a vaccine was produced as quickly as it oh, was. Yeah. I know that they had been working on mRNA vaccines for a while. And, and, uh, and so, like, the groundwork had been laid. But, like, that's not typically how... Science works at its own pace, mm -hmm. you know, but we have this expectation of like, I need a shot, I get a shot. I, mm -hmm. I need a rapid test, I should be able to have access to rapid tests. Mm -hmm. And so much of the conversation now in my circle is around the inability to get rapid tests. Yeah. And, uh, and like, you can't get them anywhere. And then but then I think, well, what would happen to your point? What would happen if we just sort of took a slow down and said, okay, where are we? And be a bit more pragmatic around it. Because that's mm -hmm. the other thing when we think about history, I think such a such a pragmatism to health and such a pragmatism to life mm -hmm. that we kind of lose in our in our expectation of immediacy, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think this is probably where like even, uh, you know, vaxxers or anti-vaxxers and, and all this get bugged out is because they, they're expecting the answers to be uh, rock solid and it's like yeah. oh how come oh you, you know this vaccine it, it doesn't work because you need a booster or you need another booster or you're like how come we can't test you know have the dome of security around us at all times and but then the implication is is you know we don't want and this is what like, you hear this on the news is like the point is is you don't want to overwhelm the hospitals and part of when I hear that I'm like what you're okay to have people in the hospital as long as it's not overwhelming <laughs> you know? right um right but in the sense that's the kind of prag that's the pragmatic thing it's like listen we know people are going to in this pandemic people are going to catch it and have go to the hospital it's just we want to have that in a capacity that we can manage um and from there it's you know accept it's the whole, like, do we accept reducing all these things, contacts with other people to, to play a part in that? Um, you know, yes. And so we can, it's the question is, can we accept that and not get bugged out by it and, and uh, have the stress weigh on us or, yeah. or do you take it in stride? Well, this is the this is, I think, why the whole choose your focus and you were touching on this, why mm -hmm. the whole choose your focus right now um, and and sort of making choices around positivity and things that make us happy, I think, are so important because it is easy to get bogged down again. Mm -hmm. I went to the St. Lawrence Market on Saturday morning and like nine of the vendors were closed Ooh. because they couldn't be open because so many of their people had Omicron. Ah. And so like they were they were just and it's so it's surreal to go into a place that's bustling on a Saturday morning and have so many things shuttered mm -hmm. because 
they just can't open. Mm -hmm. And so if we let it and for a minute, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like, it does, it takes you from that fear state of whatever your number is to Mm -hmm. like two or three points above, because you think like, whoa, it's, it's the immediacy. It's that reality of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But then coming home and sort of choosing, okay, what am I going to do that that's yeah. different that is going to help me pull out of this and help me not sit here and ruminate on and worry about the people. I mean, I know this is probably no surprise to you, but like I care about the people at the market yeah. I talk to every Saturday morning. Like I really, like I have relationships with them. And so you come home and you think like, oh my God, I hope they're okay. Yeah. And I hope they're not one of the cases in the hospital and da 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 And, and uh, but you got to, there is a point where we have to sort of pull ourselves out. And it didn't happen to me right away when I got home, but mm-hmm. I managed to slowly get clear about what I wanted out of my day mm-hmm. and structure my day in a way that I got to do stuff that I really like. And that helped. And mm-hmm. it's, um, but it, it is about the choices we're making right now, choosing mm-hmm. the focus, choosing things that we know put us into that positive mindset and doing it so that we have that, ability to be optimistic yeah you know yeah totally because i don't want to feel the way like at work we've been joking that it, it kind of feels like we've been jettisoned back in time to march 2020 oh totally and that, does. yeah and that people are are feeling that same sense of panic and nervousness and what's going to happen with the world and whatever and so I think right now it's every minute of every day. How do we make mm-hmm. um, okay? So I'm going to sh- choices that help us see the light. <laughs> All right. You so know? so we'll let's shift here a bit. Have you heard anybody? Okay, go. Have you heard anybody use the uh, analogy to say like this is going to be the roaring twenties ahead of us? Have you? Heard oh that? yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. And so the of course we're talking about 1920s and after. Uh, the Spanish flu and World War One, for that matter, was just a decade of uh, party hedonism. Yeah. Yes. So the, that's our that's. <laughs> would you say is that your expectation or <laughs> your focus? Uh, infor- well, it kind of was, and this or? is where well, this is where I'm sad. <laughs> I think because I thought we were heading into the Roaring Twenties era, yeah. and so far it has not been the case. And mm. so maybe it's like, how do we, how do we redefine it altogether so that we don't have that? I definitely thought I definitely went into the holiday season thinking we would be in a different place. Like one hundred percent, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm trying to plot my way out, but I still think that's going to happen. I definitely mm. think we're going to have roaring twenties. Mm-hmm. The question is when it may be in the thirties, who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> I think, no, I... I think as we come out of this, there is going to be a sense of celebration and, uh, and oh, togetherness. Yeah. Like there's a, there's an opportunity for maybe that's the informed optimism mm-hmm. is the sense of togetherness that can come um, at the end of something like this, when oh, it becomes yeah. an endemic, when it becomes one of my friends got the, got the, got a, had a cold last week. And she said, she's been doing all this reading and research. And she said, I think it's the remnants of the Spanish flu, like from a hundred years ago, like every people are saying the colds that are around right now <laughs> are from the Spanish <laughs> really? flu. And I'm like, how I'm so, 
Well, because viruses live forever. There's a whole episode to be done on viruses. I tell you, I'm not smart enough to have that one. But like, there's uh, viruses live forever. They're sneaky little buggers. Hmm. They're sneaky. So like, but like, I she was part joking and I think part serious. But that's what I want for this one is when does it just truly become a cold? Like people are saying, oh, it's just cold like symptoms when you get this one. But when does it truly become a cold? Yeah. Then it's going to be the roaring 20s. Yeah. So I hope, you know, mark my words. I think uh, I'll I'll, uh, lean on the optimism of what they're saying is that um, how this version, this variant Omicron is transmissible, highly transmissible, but less damaging and will just lead to more people getting exposed, thus antibiotics and then. Uh, protected, like which was kind of how they said the Spanish flu yeah. ended. Is that a variant came out that was same thing? It was more transmissible but less deadly. So the what I hope though that the, some of the lessons, like I think we've learned a few. Well, we've learned a lot of things, but like for example, s- students with university and before for the last fifteen years with the rise of e-learning, people have said, "Oh, you know, why do you need to go to university?" You can just do it. You, everything you need to possibly know is online. You can learn it that way. I think we've shown that uh, the education experience where you're, you, you, you can't do it by yourself in a room. You need to have that no. social support. The same yes. for, you know, with rise of de- devices and people hanging out in their rooms and uh, up, you know, before COVID, that was a thing. They worried about their kids staying isolated. And now, if anything, it, I hope it's well known that kids and adults need social interaction to be to we really to remain do. healthy. Yeah. So ho- yeah. hopefully, yeah. that's not lost. Uh, you know, we just we have a one week of. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember that gum commercial that we saw? The, which was like people yes, emerging. That's what I've been thinking about since you asked about was, it. And they're all stinky and everything. Yeah, and then yes. they come out and they're like big party in the park and they're making out and everybody randomly in the park because they're chewing the extra gum, which is covering. But, which was that was a good commercial. Declaring victory way too soon. Honestly. It was. <laughs> It was, which is very like anti John Cotter or right. the granddaddy of change management. Oh. But still. But the, so the hopefully it's not like that flurry, and then the de- next day is like, oh, I was comfortable sitting in my room, not getting having a shower or not getting dressed. <laughs> I honestly like. E- I think the uh, e- even even the most I like my alone time people. Notice I didn't use the I word because mm-hmm. I know it's a bit triggering for some. But even the people like me who like I love my alone time. Mm-hmm. I think definitely I have realized how much I value the times when I have seen people. It's so special and precious and like not precious in the negative way it's used now, but like in the in the true sense of like it means a lot to me. Yeah. When I play music with my friends now, it is a more exuberant and more joyous than I ever could have imagined it being when it was just like every week on Wednesday nights, you get together and you play music. Like it's, it's so different now. It's such a, such a higher level of appreciation Mm -hmm. for those, uh, those smaller things. And maybe that's the other thing to get focused back in on is those little things 
and our gratitude practices and all mm-hmm. those the delight practices uh, and all that kind of stuff will be the the way out. Because I think that yeah, I think the I think the holidays were a little bit of like a what? Yeah, no. Wah, so it's wah. good to start the year regrounding ourselves, Rod. Yes, definitely. I feel like I just needed a little bit of regrounding, and now I'm ready. Ready to turn on the TV and watch some more Netflix for a little while. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stupidly subscribed to BritBox, so yeah. now I can never leave the house again. That's L- not true. Let's declare. Let's say. Walk, I promise. First day and of spring. Also, we'll look for the f- forward to the first day of spring, and then we'll. Correct. Correct. Throw caution to the I wind. am, though, obsessed with my library card. That's like the <sighs> best Christmas present I got. Oh. So thank you, because that was your recommendation. Yes. Yes. And if you out there, folks who are listening, do not have a library card, go and get one yes. immediately. Right. It is life changing. I don't. I don't. I barely listen to podcasts. All I listen to are audiobooks. I, I just know, found so one great. about um, an actual Valkyrie, like an actual female Viking. What? Anyway, it's oh. a whole. I know. I know. It's so good. I should tell you about it because I think your daughter would like it. Okay. Anyway, yep. topics for another time, yep. but things to look forward to library cards yes thanks my friend it's so thanks. good to be talking to you again yes happy new I year i feel so i feel like my tigger my good old tiggery self again <laughs> that's right choose optimism <laughs> that's right that's yeah. right positive choice mm-hmm. okay yeah. ah thanks for listening everybody and thanks, thanks for talking to me again rod yeah thank you listening bye bye everyone <laughs>